Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette Castor and today we're chatting to River Hawkins. He's an actor and the founder and CEO of Human. We're going to be finding out about what the charity does and discussing their Rise Against Suicide Sunrise Walk. Yeah, so Human is a charity that I founded and I also run. Um, and it's a men's mental health charity that prevents men from suffering silence and dying too young by providing safe spaces, which we call the human space, the gym for your mind. As we all understand the concept of going to the gym on a regular basis to maintain our physical health, this is the gym for our mental health that for us go on a regular basis. So how's that working at the moment? Because um, was it people meeting in, um, meeting up beforehand? Have you gone online? What's What's happening with it these days? Yeah, absolutely. So for the pandemic hit, I really, what was really important to me was that in, in-person human connection. So they were in-person spaces. So we had London, Manchester, Edinburgh, Cardiff, Dublin, and then the pandemic hit. And then we quickly transitioned everything online. And I was actually sort of, um, before the pandemic, I, I didn't, I was avoid, not avoiding online, but as I said, I was, what was really important to me was that human interaction because we're so technically connected these days that I feel like we're, we're, but then we're also more physically isolated than ever. So, um, so the pandemic forced that, but actually it was a great thing in the end. Uh, so we transitioned it all online and then that enabled everyone from 
all over the world to to attend the human space in locations we weren't yet in and obviously countries we're not outside the we weren't outside the UK so we literally had people from the states south africa australia india bali like so so many different places all over europe joining and it was an incredible thing of us all coming together and having this worldwide human space so that's how it changed mm. um and could you explain a bit more about how it actually works? Is it um, peer support groups, would that be fair to say? Or is yeah. it individuals coming to sort of speak to a, one individual? How does it work? So, yeah, it, you would you would uh, class it as peer support. Um, and the format that I've created was, is so the first half of the, sh- the session is anything anyone wants to get off their chest. And then the second half focuses on the theme for the week. So every week it changes. So um could be empathy relationships fear shame um and the definition of those those words um those themes are read out um which is really interesting because it 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 gives a different perspective on the meaning of um a theme or a word that people may not have thought about prior um and then basically we close the session with a round of gratitude um one thing you're grateful for in that day to bring it back to the present, you know, because if people are sharing uh, things about their past or in, in history, um, we don't, you don't want to leave it in, in that, in that moment. So it brings it back to the present and closes the session off nicely. And the really important thing about the human space that was really vital uh, is that it's, that it's non-clinical, non-prescriptive, and we don't give prescriptive advice and no one is ever forced to talk. Um, I think there's a lot of, there is a lot of, you know, men need to talk, but I think we underestimate the power of listening um, and really listening to hear rather than, I think everyone, I'm guilty of it. I think a lot of us are guilty of this whole listening to respond rather than listening to really hear. And that's what you can also harness in the space is this really listening to hear people. Mm. Um, and who is it for specifically? Because it's men, but um, if someone's sort of listening to this and they're thinking, well, that might be interesting, but um, is there anyone in spe- specific um, that you're aiming at reaching? Yeah, I was actually discussing this in the car with my uncle on my family on the way up. Uh, I was just driving up to London and uh, it's still, there's still this stigma around, oh, I don't, you know, I don't need help. I'm okay. Um and, and the reason I created the human space was to normalize and destigmatize men being able to have support and have an outlet. Uh, so it, it, the focus, it, it's preventative. So it's not people who've only hit crisis or a post crisis. It's preventative means obviously to prevent. So before. So the idea is that it's for people, uh, you know, pre crisis, you know, so that we don't hopefully don't have to hit crisis. But then it's also for people who obviously have um, hit crisis because they are they have been more exposed to support or um, are more receptive. They know more about what out, what is out there, um, which unfortunately there isn't much. Uh, so the target demographic is men eighteen to thirty five, but no one's excluded. It's for all men. Mm. Well, that's really interesting. And so it's not just for say um, maybe someone who's depressed or dealing with a long term mel- mental illness. No, it's 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 uh, men from all walks of life and purposely for men before they've hit crisis. But as mm-hmm. I said, there are probably in terms of the actual numbers at the moment, there are probably or the demographic at the moment, there are probably more men who have 
you know, been through something or um, hit crisis or a post-crisis, just because, as I said, they are more aware of this support or more able to walk through those doors because, you know, it is also a, uh, you know, hard thing to walk through doors and physically show up to an in-person space when, uh, you know, as men, we're taught a whole life in society to not ask for help, that it's a weakness. Boys don't cry, man up. So um, there is that conditioning to break down. Yeah. And um, at the moment, are these um, meetups happening uh, via Zoom or is it sort of via the website? How does it work? So, yeah, the online, the human space online is is via Zoom. And as I said, anyone from any anywhere in the world can join. And then the in-person is uh, back open in London and then we'll be reopening Manchester, Cardiff, Edinburgh, Dublin. And then um, we will be opening other locations across the UK this, uh, well, next 2022. Fantastic. That's really good. Um, So right back to the beginning again, um, why did you want to set this up in the first place? So I spoke about hitting break uh, crisis or breaking point, and it's because that's what happened to me. And when that mm. when I did hit a breaking point, I didn't know what to do because of this way of being conditioned of you deal with it yourself. Um, asking for help is a weakness. So I was rolling on this breaking point rock bottom for about three months before as it got worse and worse and worse. Um, and uh, then finally said, okay, I'm going to ask for help. And the, you know, the one thing, you know, you know how to do is if, to ask help for a physical um, condition, you know, to your doctor. So I went to my doctor and unfortunately like the journey that I went through just wasn't helpful or conducive to me getting much better. So it was okay. Medication first. And, I didn't. I wanted to try everything else before resorting to that personally. Um, so I, I, I said no. Um, so I was put on wait list for talking therapy, and obviously during this wait time, I'm declining more. And then I get six sessions through the NHS, and I say by the fifth session, this is starting to help, but we're only scratching the surface. What happens now? I, I need. I think I feel like I need to continue. And they said we can only offer you more sessions if you're explicit. If you explicitly state that you're suicidal. So I thought to myself, I either have to lie and say I'm suicidal or be suicidal to get this help. And someone described it well, and I I think it's very accurate. It's kind of like having all the boxes in the attic um, unpacked, something, someone helping you and pulling them all down, unpacking them all, and then them, everything being laid out across the floor and then, you know, being left to deal with it yourself, going, okay, see you later. And that's how it really felt. And that's just me being completely honest. I just felt like I was sort of left out in the cold after I said that, you know, we'd unearthed these wounds that were nowhere near being resolved. Um, and it and it angered me, to be honest. Um, but it gave me a weirdly it gave me determination to get better myself. And then a year later, I just did more research into I mean, I knew the issues around obviously men and our conditioning, but I did more research into that and and that's where the idea for human and the human space came. So essentially you set out kind of creating the service that you wish that you'd had during that time. Is that fair to say? Exactly. Yeah, you took you take the words out of my mouth because that's what I say. I say I created what I wish existed when I was really um, at my lowest. Mm. And am I right in saying it was anxiety and depression that you were struggling with? 
yeah, mainly anxiety, uh, mainly anxiety. And I, and I described it as this, I was in this sort of weird purgatory. I felt like I was felt like I didn't want to live, but I didn't want to live the life I was living. So I didn't know what to do. So it's not, and I think that's true for a lot of people who might feel like they want to, who are, who, who do state that they're suicidal or feel suicidal is that it's not necessarily that you want to end your life, but the life you're currently living, you don't know how to navigate or live it. Um, and you want it to change, but you don't know how that's going to change and can't see a way out. Mm. It's a whole sort of spectrum, isn't it? Or a whole scale, whichever way you want to think about Complete it. Spe- yeah. Yeah. In terms. Of- yeah. I'm not speaking for anyone, of course. Yeah. The, the thing about sort of depression, it's, it is so hard, isn't it, as, as well at the moment in terms of NHS services, because I think a lot of us have kind of felt like um, you get help if you're in real crisis or, if, as as you say, you, you say to the doctor that you are suicidal. But if you feel like things are, you know, fairly bad, but not not in crisis, then it's really kind of minimal. Exactly. And and also, you know, with the, the, the transition between being um support being a a child and then going into being an adult you know the criteria of how you know ill you have to be drastically changes and then so many people going from 17 to 18 slip through the gap um and it's so dangerous um and yeah I, i i talk i say how prevention is better than cure because there is no cure once someone has ended their life um and I just don't, and that's also what was important to me to, and to communicate is that, you know, this, it's not like we graduate from, you know, I, I've gone through this situation and so I'm good now. You know, it, as long as we're alive, we'll always have mental health and mental health is on a spectrum. And when people, sometimes when people say, oh, I don't have mental health, um, you know, obviously it's physically impossible because we all have physical health. We all have mental health. It's that we're on a certain point on that, on those spectrums. Absolutely. And I always think it's important to kind of get away from this narrative that we sometimes see in, um, in the media about sort of, you know, some, something terrible happens to someone or they struggle with their mental health and then they get better and they really overcome it and they do something fantastic. But I think most of us know that it's, um, for me anyway, and certainly because I've got bipolar disorder, it's sort of like things are terrible and then they're sort of, then they're all right again and then I sort of overcome it or I feel like I've overcome it and then they sort of get worse again and then it just sort of, <laughs> sort of carries on. So it's it's not easy to fit into a kind of straightforward narrative of, um, you know, a neat little news story, unfortunately. No, and I think that's a very good point um, that needs to be broken down or the, a misconception and and actually I, I had an issue with that of like uh, this imposter syndrome of, you know, when I struggled again after, you know, talking about, you know, coming through that point, oh, well, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm, you know, having an issue again or, or not feeling great again at this period. And you feel as if you're not allowed to, because as you say, it's that kind of narrative of this, this movie scenario of um, you go through difficulty and then you overcome it and then you're triumphant. But life doesn't work like that. It's always going to be ups and downs. But the difference is if you if you actually you know do the work on it, you're able to deal with those downs better than you were prior um, because you have more tools to deal with it. It doesn't mean that we're immune from difficulties and life problems happening to us. It's just, or, or when I say us, I'll speak for myself, it's just that I'm able to deal with them better than I was before. 
Mm, absolutely. Just before we um, talk about um, the walk, um, yes. what tools have you found helpful yourself um, in terms of um, managing your mental health? Yeah, so um, routine um, is so important. And I never had routine because my background as an actor, you know, as a creative, you're not, you don't have the routine. And and you, and so it, when you're, when you have always been like that and you've never had routine, you can't, you don't know what you, what's the kind of saying where it's like, you don't know what you don't have, or, you know, you can't miss what you haven't got. But when I then created a routine, you then realize what benefit and power that brings to you and, and, and what you are missing really, because, um, so routine is really helpful to me, um, and consistency, um, because it builds up sort of like a mini reward as well when you, when you, um, follow through with it. Um, and I now, I now also have a therapist so that I speak to once a week. Um, and then journaling is, is so helpful because it gets it out of my brain, my head, and it's circling around in my mind. Um, it's kind of like that thing of writing the email without pressing send. That is so <laughs> helpful and powerful. If you're you know, annoyed or frustrated in a moment, you know, it's they say how write the email to that person or to that situation, but don't press send. And it's it does more power than maybe it sounds. It really does. Uh yeah, so routine and uh and, and getting it out on paper as much as possible. Um, and then having that uh that support of either a therapist on a consistent basis. Uh, an outlet you can go to to talk like the human space, gym for your mind, or people who you know. It's about having the right people because it's saying it's all fine to say, you know, we need to talk, but you, we can also be speaking to the wrong people because I've had that situation. I think that's important to highlight where you've, you're, we're told to talk, but if we're talking to people who might not be able to handle it or they may be going through something or they may, they could, in, un, you know, unintentionally say, something that could trigger you um you know that could be an issue or be detrimental to you so i think it's also finding people or outlets safe spaces where you do feel uh safe i love the way you just sort of casually mentioned in there that you're an actor because you were in the harry oh. potter films weren't you <laughs> oh yeah 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 <laughs> and then and then i and then i you know set up this charity um yeah um exactly yeah years ago now i actually just saw emma post about the 20th 20th anniversary or something Emma Watson um yeah that's uh yeah <laughs> um and actually um we have yeah I, just to mention on that um you know from uh we released the human series which is also I think a good uh help to people that I'd love to just quickly mention the human series a five-part documentary series that we created uh, that I directed um for human the charity and it's with men from all walks of life alongside well-known men so with actors as well like Bill Nye um Andrew Scott and then uh rugby player uh, David uh, Danny Cipriani Tom O'Dell who's a musician and then David Gandhi um and uh, I just wanted to mention that because I think that's really helpful um to watch and to hear these men and men from all walks of life open up and shared their struggles mm. no it's fantastic that they've sort of got involved and presumably people can watch those uh, on the human website that's right isn't it yes all five episodes are on the human website so let's talk a bit about now the rise against suicide sunrise walk um so what is that and what are its aims so the rise against suicide sunrise walk is a nationwide walk with 
supported by Decathlon, the sports retailer. And it's walked up and down the country of 4,657 metres, which represents the number of men who took their own lives in 2020. So we'll be all walking that distance all across the country at sunrise on Sunday, the 28th of November. Um, so who is involved um, this year? Is it the first year it's been done or is it, um, have you been doing it a few years now? This is the first year of the Rise Against Suicide Sunrise Walk, which I'm so excited about. And the reason I also created it was because it's something that the whole family can get involved with. So it's to honour the lives that were lost, those 4,657 lives and those families that have been left devastated. So the mothers, fathers, daughters, uh, sons, sisters, uh, wives, husbands. And uh, it is our first year. And the people involved are David Gandhi, who's been a big supporter of Human from the start, um, Emma Rigby, who's in the campaign film, um, which um, you can watch, um, Ben West, who's a mental health campaigner who lost tragically lost his brother to suicide when his brother was 15 years old. Um, Andrew Scott is supporting it, who's a, an ambassador of human um, and more that we'll be announcing throughout the week. Mm. So is it kind of a um, combination of sort of people reflecting, remembering their loved ones, um, but are they also raising money? Is that right? Yes, exactly. So it's a, it's a walk challenge that everyone will be getting up at the, before before dawn um i, I imagine to uh to to get there um uh so we'll be walking for sunrise um across the country so people all uh, have set up just giving pages and have a target of 250 pounds to raise that to raise that uh money and to walk in honor of all those men we lost last year but for every every man that we've lost to suicide historically too mm. and the money's for human is that right yeah, so the money's for our charity, our registered charity, Human, um, and that will go to these human spaces and enable us to open more human spaces with my vision being for um, Human to be the go-to global gym for the mind. I've got a very big question for you now. Um, so what do you think are the biggest challenges facing men who are struggling with their mental health at the moment? the biggest challenges specifically that men are facing? Mm, I'm thinking kind of in terms of our pandemic world and that side of things, because it's it's not easy for anyone. But um, I think the, the time that we're in now, it's been so hard on everyone over the past few years. Yeah, I think that the the pandemic has, has brought to the forefront issues that have been suppressed for so long and put under the carpet. Um, and plastered over um, on a societal level. Um, so it's it's not a surprise that the pandemic has brought that out. Um, and I don't think it's surprised that I wasn't surprised hearing this. Um, and I think the issue now is how we can transition and navigate out of being so used to, you know, working from home, not seeing people as much, or not be you know not being allowed to go out or see people as much you know we get used to a new way of living um and i and i think that you know we we've, we've also seen it with you know numbers are higher in the human space online because obviously people know that more and are more used to that um and because we've 
everything is so um, virtual now, there are, in a way, there's more excuse to not interact physically and have that human nutrition. Mm. And I think it's very dangerous. It's, you know, as I said at the beginning, I started human and, and had these spaces because that human nutrition is so vital because we're so technically connected but without, you know, we feel so technically connected, but more isolated than ever, because we're always contacting our friends via WhatsApp or Instagram or emojis, you know, you feel like you're close with them, but then you're never, or you're less in, in, in physical uh, proximity to them. And we need human contact and, and touch. And uh, it's so vital. So I think that um, it's, it's going to, unless we make sh- don't make conscious effort if we don't make conscious effort to really get out back out there and and physically connect with people I think it's unfortunately not going to get I don't think it's going to improve Mm. I think that's a great phrase human nutrition because I think we've all been sort of lacking that over the past few years and and not quite for me anyway not quite being able to put my finger on sometimes why I felt a bit down and I think it's 100% because I haven't been doing things like just going into the office and having water cooler chats with people that I just sort of took for granted before yeah or even just you know when I'm in the office it's like you know I might not even you know even if I don't talk to like if I'm sometimes on the in the office on my own but just having noise around your energy or other just just life and not being so in your own silence (laughs) all day yeah absolutely so another big question but then unfortunately we have to wrap up um what do you think needs to change in terms of the NHS and society as a whole um, in order for us to better support um, men and their mental health? I think what needs to change with the NHS as a whole and within society is to not apply short-term fixes because they can end up doing more damage than good. As I explained, for example, with those successions, for me personally, obviously this is an, that specific example is anecdotal in that regard but the fact that I was given successions and it just opened up wounds and then I was left to deal with it by myself unless I stated I was suicidal it did more damage than help um and unless you're in a position to be able to afford to continue that that therapy and it would be with a different therapist uh, or a different counselor or a different um uh supporter um it's dangerous so I think to not uh, not we need to have continuous ongoing support rather than quick fixes that aren't fixes Mm. and I think we really need sort of support for people when they're sort of starting to have low moods I think that's what would be the crucial thing for me you know when they're coming into the doctor and they're they are you know complaining of you know fairly low mood rather than things getting really bad yes yeah. yeah, rather than going, well, let's see how it goes. Uh, let's wait for you to get worse. Let's wait for you to go further down. As I said, prevention is better than cure. And mm. this is why I created Human and for it to be focused on prevention. But I just want to get one more thing in. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. You asked who's supporting the Rise Against Suicide Sunrise Walk. I'm really pleased to announce that we're we're also partnering with the British supermodel David Gandhi, who's a big supporter of human from the start, who's in the human series. Uh, David Gandhi's new fashion and lifestyle brand, David Gandhi Wellwear, which is all about fusing comfort style and well-being. Um, and we're really excited to be 
announcing more about that um, in the coming days. Great. And actually, final thing, how can people get involved in the walk and find out more about human? People can get more involved and sign up to the Rise Against Suicide Sunrise Walk anywhere you are across the country or the world, because there are two ways to get involved. One of the 11 locations across the UK or create your own route by going to the human website. So you can Google human or go to wearehuman.org and human is H-U-M-E-N. So the plural of human. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, you can give the Samaritans and Ring on 116123. If you like Mentally Yours, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS. We also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. And if you really liked us, you could do us a massive favour and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated. Uh, Helps us, you know, continue doing what we're doing. So please do rate and review and check back in next week for more Mentally Yours. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.